0: If you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Ear Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet sounding instruments. Go to ToeirGuitars.us, that's T O I R G U I T A R S.us, and contact Ed today. Happy recording podcast episode 70. What's up, Neil? What up, man? I'm glad you made it, man. You've been running around like a crazy man. And I, I know,
1: but I made it. Damsel in distress had to go help out. Yeah. You noticed that I accidentally really filled my bourbon cup up tonight. Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell them what we're having tonight. Ooh, we're doing the old Russell Reserve 10 year, man. That's like an all time fave. Yeah. There are all, how many all time faves do I have? I they no, We good, all have man. all time. It's <laughs> <really> stupid. <laughs> There's nothing that we don't know. That's the best bourbon I've ever had. It's like man, every bourbon.
0: We got a great guest with us tonight. Oh, yeah. No, uh, man, I, I've always kind of been envious of people with four names. I kind of always wanted <laughs> four names myself. But we've got Tyler Lance Walker Gill with us. Welcome, Tyler.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, don't be envious of the four names. It's like way too many to remember, especially when I'm playing a show like. I just have to keep saying, it's Tyler Lance Walker-Gill. Google it now. (laughs) Google it now so you remember later.
1: Man, that's I don't know if I would remember my names in order.
0: A lot of people don't. Sometimes I don't. I guess during the podcast, we'll just go with Tyler.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we don't have to say Tyler Lance Walker-Gill. You can call me four
2: names. You can say, uh, (laughs) hey, you. Yeah, Tyler's good. That's what I go
0: by. So you brought a, a... Bourbon of your own tonight? What do you have there?
2: Well, I brought my go-to, uh, uh, Old Forester. Uh, this we portion of the Old podcast Forrester. is brought to you by Old Forester.
1: Yes, it's been brought to you by Old Forester many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are fans of Old Forester. Yeah. Once again, once again,
2: it's our favorite. Man, I'm I'm trying to get them to sponsor me, and I've I feel like I talked to the right person one
0: time, and it uh, just didn't happen. I'm I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, keep don't give up, man.
1: Yeah. It, it'll happen. I'm going to sure, keep trying for sure.
0: And, you know, and that's one of those bourbons that's good, and it's still something you can always find for a good price, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if Olfo blows up, we were talking a little bit ago about uh, how the bourbon, you know, yeah. craze is happening. If Olfo blows up, I'm
0: I'm screwed. You're in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, fellas.
1: Cheers, man. Cheers. Thanks for having Cheers, me, guys. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Oh, man. It's going down
2: way too uh, good. Isn't
0: it? Yep. Shame's Tuesday night. I know, it's true. But, you know. It's got
2: no bearing on me. My My schedule, <laughs> my schedule changes. Tuesday can be a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: it is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I can, I'm
1: good with Tuesday, man. Whatever day.
2: <laughs> Whatever day. <laughs> it's
1: good.
0: All right. So, Tyler, why don't you start us off? Why don't you just go back to childhood and talk about your early memories of music and maybe go into when you realized music was going to be an important part of your life.
2: Oh man, okay. Let's go back. That's an easy question. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) let's
2: see. When I was, I was pretty young. My uh, my aunt dated this guy. You know, almost as far back as I can remember. So I was probably five, six, something like that. Uh, She dated this guy who ran a uh, a country music jamboree in Mount Washington. Okay. Uh, Do you guys? I don't know if you remember, it was called like the Country Palace, and it was, there used to be the one red light in Mount Washington. Mm-hmm. You guys... Mount
1: Washington's huge now, though, man. It's I know. Really it's yeah, insane. That, it's,
2: it's blown up, but there used <laughs> to be the one light, and if you turned left at that light coming from like this way, uh-huh. uh, you would pass this little like, you know, country music jamboree, and that was a thing that happened on Saturday nights, and we would, uh, like my mom and dad would go out there and, you know, drink beer that they kept in the car because it was not <laughs> legal to sell there. And uh, I was just a kid running around, but that was my first memory of just live music specifically. But it was just, you know, seeing bands and country bands, the house band playing for other people who would come up and sing songs and oh, shit yeah. like that. Oh, so yeah. it was like a.
0: Were you there a lot? We, we would
2: go through phases where we would go every week. Then we wouldn't go for a month. And then we'd go every week. I think it was, I don't know, alcohol cycles or whatever. <laughs> with my I don't know, but uh, we, we went a lot. And uh, I, I feel like my mom... So I, I'm, I was born in 89. I'm uh, 17 years old. <laughs> um, but when I was growing up, like 90s country was on the radio at the house Dark, and Dark it was Brooks, it was Clint yeah. black
1: all that stuff. Huh?
2: Alan Jackson, oh, yeah. Randy Travis, uh-huh. Travis Tritt, for all the Tritt heads, like all that stuff was what was on the radio. So I grew up listening to that, uh just it was ingrained in my brain. And uh my mom listened to other stuff too, but she had she had the radio on all the time around the house. And uh now,
1: were, we're uh, at that time at the Jamboree, were they playing those songs or were they playing old they country? Were,
2: they were doing a mix. It was okay. a lot of old stuff, okay, mostly, and they would do some like classic rock and roll stuff here all and there, right. but it was mostly, you know, old old country. So I I joke about it all the time, like that was ingrained in my brain. So you know, I started to grow up really wanted to play guitar and i was at that time maybe 11 or 12 and i didn't give a shit about country music oh. i was i was really interested in anything else <laughs> mainly like blues stuff i i always joke that acdc taught me how to play guitar oh yeah which is pretty true i was just learning stuff like that like any teenage boy does mm-hmm. i guess
1: it's accessible to play man it's it's open chord badass you know
2: yeah it's it's the same as country yes it is <laughs> it yes, really it is, is. <laughs> like it's but it's uh, the roots it's the
1: roots of playing
2: it's it's ones and fours and fives and uh just you know basic basic song structures like that mm-hmm. but that's what i was really into and uh when i came around to like writing music eventually it was just like, God damn it, that country <laughs> is there. That's what that's just what comes out. <laughs> and it's it's kinda true. So really.
1: So that's something that just kinda happened naturally when you started writing. It wasn't a, a thought process. And I, did you try to write I it tried
2: to write other stuff.
1: Just didn't work.
2: It didn't work. No. Nope. Really? The first song I uh I wrote that I liked was probably the third full song that I had written and I was like God damn it, that's a country song. And then I wrote another and another and another, and I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm a I country that, writer. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, at that time when I was starting to write stuff and really think like, yeah, I, I think I'll keep doing this, I, I was really into country. It's like you come back around oh, yeah. to the stuff that when you were a kid, you become a teenager and you're like, man, fuck that shit. That's, that's my parents' music. Oh yeah. Like, ah, it's my music too. And I just, at the time I was getting really deep into country stuff and it was just like, oh, that's, that's what comes out. So How old were you when you started writing? I mean, I tried to write stuff as a, as a teenager, maybe like in high school, I tried to write some stuff and I hated it so bad. It's, rip it up and god damn it <laughs> throw that away never let anybody see that um, it wasn't until like I think I wrote my first song what am I now I was probably 25 or so when I I had been playing I've been playing guitar since I was like I said pretty young but I didn't I wanted back then to be like yeah I'm gonna be a musician and I played with my my cousin's dad in a, like, bar band. We played, like, classic rock covers and shit like that with his uncles in bowling alleys in Mount Washington, <laughs> <laughs> which was really fun and great. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't start writing stuff until I, I must have been, like, 25 no kidding. or so. And, wow. then, and then it was just, like, a lot of them So what, what... just kind of popped them out. What happened to make you
1: like stick to? I mean, you know, because a lot of times you said you started in high school and kind of got would get frustrated and throw shit away. But
2: yeah, I just thought I'd be a a person who played guitar, which I, you know, have always done, and I played with some friends through college, so I, I still played and I sang songs, but I wasn't writing, and I was playing like classic rock stuff and just whatever. I played just lead in a friend's band who was she was singing pop music, whatever. You know, I was just kind of picking stuff up here and
3: there.
1: Wow, that's wild, man. Because um, the album, it's so... Everything's so well written. And it it seems like, you know, you haven't been doing it that long, you know? So I'm sure you're continuing to write as everything's... What's your... Is your new stuff evolve in a way that you look at your old stuff and go, I like that, but... Or is there any type of caveat to... Because it just... It's crazy to think to me that that you're that well-formed in such a small amount of time because every song is just like, holy crap. Uh,
2: well, I I don't know, really. It's like, uh, you know, I, I don't think of myself as like uh, this amazing songwriter or anything, but I do recognize that I have an ability to like find a hook. Mm. And that's the way I write a song is if I find a hook and if the song kind of forms itself around that relatively easily. Mm. You know, like I, I want the song to write itself as much as I can. And I think every songwriter, you, you kind of want that. You want it to like, Oh, here it is. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you're like, I don't know that it's good.
1: So you don't spend a a lot of times fighting lyrics. You, you kind of hardly at all, which is
2: like come out. I try to pop them out and I, I, tell my friend I'll talk to other songwriters and you know compare process and stuff and I tell them like it if if this song isn't writing itself pretty quick I'm gonna put it down I might come back yeah but probably not I,
1: maybe but who yeah, knows if
2: yeah I've got a, a thing in my phone it's just a list of bits and pieces and starts and stops and stuff and if you know every now and then I'm like I wanna write cold and I'll see what I have and see if something sparks from mm-hmm. a line. But most of the time, it's just, oh, that's a that's a good idea for like the main, for like the title of the song. Okay. And in country music, the kind that I write, it's, uh, I think that's pivotal. And the stuff that I love and grew up loving and came back around to when I came back to country music as a fan is written... Around the the title and the you know the the central idea, mm-hmm. and if you can, real quick pop out a chorus around that idea. That's like, oh, that's good. That's catchy.
4: Yeah.
2: Let's see if we can pop out some verses. Oh, there's one. There's another. All right. <laughs> so That's how over. I try to write. Yeah. As as much as I can. So a lot
1: of your friends spend a lot more time frustrated than you do. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Beating yeah. Their head but against they the they write.
2: They probably write deeper stuff, and I think it's you know. Sometimes I'll have a turn of phrase where I'm like, shit, that's got a really cool double meaning, but it's not because I, I toiled over it. Mm-hmm. It's because it kind of just, oh. Fell out. Yeah, and <laughs> I think if you get momentum like that, for me, when I get momentum when I'm writing, like, oh, this is a good idea, this is a good idea, I can just pop it out.
1: And And. Stay out of the way. Stay out of the way of it. Just let it go. And yeah. Write it down. Be done
0: with it. And where do you usually get your ideas for your songs?
2: Alcohol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I write. I write you a lot about. You hear that old Forrester? He's <laughs> giving <laughs> you
1: credit already. Can you smell it I on my mean, breath? Come on, man. Where's the sponsorship? Yeah, Let's go. Come on. This
2: next portion of the progress is brought to you by <laughs> Old Forrester once again. Uh, I. I don't know. I I don't always like all right, I'm going to drink and then write tonight or whatever, but uh a lot a lot of my songs are about drinking and I I'm a bartender. I'm a person who uh enjoys to drink and <laughs> go out and hang out in bars and have fun and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of it is uh booze-inspired and then other times it's just you come across a a, a phrase pops into your head, or you hear someone say something, and you're like, "Oh, that's a song. That that should be a song."
1: I bet yeah. Sitting at the as, a bartender, <laughs> yeah, man, as a bartender, yeah, man, as bartender, I'm sure you hear all kinds of sweet little phrases, that you're like, "Holy shit, did I just hear that? <laughs> yeah, that needs to go on a piece of paper." Let's I need go.
2: I need to get better at writing them down because you do hear a lot of you know a lot of just what the huh? fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, like. uh I don't know, like so, a lot of the songs on the first record. Um, so the way that that worked was I started writing songs and got to a point where I was like, okay, I I don't hate this so much that I won't share it. Uh-huh. So I recorded a whole bunch of demos at home alone, similar set up, but this this is much nicer than my home <laughs> studio. My home studio's the the room that we don't use with the litter box in it. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there with the cat shit and I'm just <laughs> recording like i I'd record like a guitar track and I have a drum set and I can fake it enough. So I just recorded some demos like that and put them on SoundCloud and uh popped them out there. And I basically just said, like, I wrote this stuff and uh, I'd like to find some people to play it with me because I'd like to play a show sometime. I had a couple of buddies like, hey, this this is good. Like, I've got a friend and, you know, that kind of thing started happening. So then I got introduced to some people in the music scene, which was cool, but I didn't really have a band yet. And then I wrote that so-called Christian politician song for a there was like a prompt for this compilation that some Louisville musicians got together to do as like a fuck you to Matt Bevin, uh-huh. who <laughs> oh, was yeah. at the Perfect. time, he was governor at the time, and they were like, you know, the the compilation I think was... Uh, Carrie Newmeyer, maybe. Well,
1: listen, before you finish this, I just want to let you know we're huge Bevin supporters in this <laughs> room. <That's
4: good. laughs> you're, you're gonna love a lot of
1: what I have to say. For the record, that is not true. Okay, go ahead. Oh man, it's it's
2: interesting though, going on tour, and you're like, uh, here's a song I wrote.
1: Let's see how this goes. In uh, yeah, if, geez, in yeah, rural in Kentucky somewhere,
2: Birmingham or no. whatever. They they fuck with me in Birmingham though. The yeah. place that we go. We we have a cool crowd there. We've been there a few times. But uh anyhow, I wrote that song for that compilation, recorded it at home alone, and a couple of dudes uh from a another local band called Nellie Pearl reached out to me individually and they were like, Hey, they didn't even know they were both reaching out, but they were like, Hey, no that's kidding. that's cool. Like and long story short, they uh they backed me up for a show, and then we kind of, I kind of had them as my my band for a while, and now it's. I think we're down to like one of the guys from Nelly Pearl, is still in my band too. But now I have my my own. You have your thing. Man. Long story short, yeah. Long story
1: short, well, let's hear oh, that. Sorry about that. Yeah, let's listen to it since we're. Oh yeah, since we're about talking about it, about yeah. it. good segue. Oh, perfect.
3: Dear Lord, I know it's been a while But I think it's time we talked I want to talk about your followers Who never really learned to walk the walk Lord, please bless us people in Kentucky you know that we mean well but these so-called christian politicians are going to drag us on ahead See me as money in the tail And now black folks with their hands up Are being shot by police on the street And the governor's got his head up his own ass And both his hands underneath our sheets yeah they say they fight for freedom and bring back that old american way just so long as you're not black or brown or poor or muslim or female trans or gay
1: You had your um, Nellie Pearl on this. Is this on the album or the or that
2: so track that,
1: in particular?
2: That whole record was uh, me and then on drums, was Chris Nelson, who's still with me. And then on bass was Greg Manfredi. Uh, guitar was Sean Jennings. I was also playing guitar. And uh, Jonathan Mitchell was on keys. And those guys made up Nellie Pearl. And then on top of that, I had uh, Aaron Biebelhauser come in and do pedal steel, dobro, banjo. That guy.
1: <laughs> no talent. No Every, talent hack.
2: Everybody knows that guy can do stuff.
1: <laughs> he can do it all, dude. <laughs> raggard. He's, you know, he's better at you than everything that you do. You you know, a guitar <laughs> player? Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, man. Awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. You write songs? Well, check this one out. Here, how about this?
1: You're like, number one hits? I got one for
2: you. <laughs> yeah, he's a... He's an great even better guy dude. Exactly. Yeah, a great a guy. Best, yeah. So good. So, yeah. Uh, Aaron, I knew Aaron's brother Dave. Not Adam. Adam's the, mm-hmm, twin. the twin. I knew his brother Dave because I used to work uh, with Dave at Lebowski Fest, which uh, I did for years. That was a weird thing. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave, I was talking to Dave about it, and he was the one that was like, "You know my brother Aaron." I was like, oh, "We've, I think we've met in passing and stuff." And he was like, "Well, holler at him; he'll, you know, do some stuff on your record if you want." Because I was looking for people, and then I called Aaron; he was down, uh, you know, super cool. And he was like, "You got fiddle yet?" And I was like, uh, "No, I don't." And he was like, "Do you want the fiddle player on this?" I was like. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I do. And he <laughs> no, was like, all
1: man. right. No, I don't. It'd be cool. You know what? I appreciate the offer, yeah, here, right. but I don't, no.
2: <laughs> so he's like, well, Michael Cleveland, uh, you know, he. you can hire him to come in for a day or whatever and lay down some stuff. He's a good friend of mine. And I was like, okay, I'll reach out to him. And I did. And he said yes, and that was awesome. And the stuff that he did on there is, pff, it's crazy. It's Tasty, really good. yeah. Yeah, the uh, end of so-called Christian Politicians is this, like, beautiful fiddle part that he just popped out of his brain on the spot. I mean, it, it's awesome. And he's since won a Grammy, and, you know. Yeah. Now, I don't think I can afford him for this next no, one. I, know, I mean, come <laughs> on. But then I had Todd Hildreth playing keys and Jake Groves playing uh, harmonica, and those guys are gonna do some stuff on the next record, too. Awesome. So, yeah, we had a... we We had a really solid crew and we we had to record the record pretty quick uh, because recording records is real expensive it's not cheap it's not cheap so I did like a GoFundMe and raised a few thousand dollars that way that was awesome and uh, I feel like uh, Ann over at La La Land studio gave us a a solid deal so it it worked out where we squeezed it out but thinking about it now now that I'm back in the studio making another one, I'm like, we, it was a time crunch. I'm, I, when I listen back to it now with this new record, I'm like, I would have done a lot of stuff differently, but I still, with the time we had and stuff, I, I think it, it holds up pretty good. I'm still proud of
1: it. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, it holds. A, it's awesome record. The whole yeah. record's awesome, but. <laughs> Anytime it's yours, you nitpick it to death. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you listen to that with different ears than we did. We listened to it as fans and loving it. And you're listening to it as, oh, I wish I could have had time to redo this or try that again or blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
2: and it's just like uh, the the players, like I said, everybody was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Take after take, they burned through and just crushed it. Uh, It's just the way that I would... Piece the songs together is a little mm-hmm. different. I would put more time into it, like we're trying to do with this one. But more time is money. More money. money. <laughs> more money in the studio. So.
0: so, have you run into any crowds that that song doesn't go over well in? Um, honestly, not not really. We're always
2: a little worried about it, and you know, we our our show is not like a big political thing. Mm-hmm. We yeah, we sing some shit that's uh. I guess it's not very uh, Christian-like. <laughs> we, we we touch on things like religion and politics and whatnot, but I don't think that we make the whole show about it. Uh, and most of the time, I'm sure we piss one or two people off every every time we play. They deserve it.
1: I think it would make me feel good if, I, if that one person got mad at me.
0: I think it would be fun to, okay. to mail an autographed copy to Bevan. Uh, yeah, man we we were thinking about all kinds of different ways to just
2: I wanted to just see his reaction to the song in some way but uh it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I mean, you know, it has to be pretty
1: awesome though to go from like you're talking about uh recording in your room with, you know, the litter box and then getting all these amazing musicians to, you know, people don't jump on stuff in, unless they truly believe in the product and they believe in and by product, I mean the material and then product sounds weird, but you know, it's, they're not going to jump on anything and put yeah. their name on it. If they're not, don't, don't think it's legit. And that has to, yeah. uh, for you, does that feel like a, a solidification of what you put together for that? Record? Oh
2: yeah, a- absolutely. That, and you know, like you want to be like, oh, well, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. want people to like it, or at least, you know, if you put something out there like, I, I really like this, I hope you like it, you know, and having other musicians and stuff like that validate you and say, like, mm. this is this is really good. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it means it means a lot when anyone says, like, this is really good. It's like thanks i just i just made something up and i hope you like it you know like <laughs> but uh with this record uh we we were sitting on it for a long time i was trying to shop it out to people getting nothing back you know just like emailing whatever random record label or whoever i could find like hey do you like this do you like this and uh just nothing forever and we uh we played this show at a place called duke's in indy Which is this, uh, like honky tonk roadhouse? This venue is just when I walked in, I'm like, oh, I'm at home. This is where this is (laughs) this This is is the the type of place that this music is supposed to be played. And uh, we played a set, and uh, my guitar player at the time, Sean, knew the owner of the place, and he was like, dude, you you gotta we gotta get a show here. Dustin, who is the owner, is gonna fucking love this. And uh, we played the show to, like, 15 people or whatever in a room that seats 250 comfortably. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, 250 and you got room to dance. And uh, he was like, he loved it. And it was, that was one of those moments, too, that was super validating because he loved it. And I, you know, he and I, I think have similar tastes because look at what you made here. You made the place where I play. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the place for our music. So Mm -hmm. that was super validating. And that night he was like, "Uh, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, where's your fucking record? I was like, it's recorded. I just can't afford to release it. I need money to press vinyl and do anything. And he was like, how much? (laughs) I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, and he was like, come to me with a number and we'll, let's do this. And, uh, that's how, that's how we released the record. We released it on our own and he, uh, you know, just created a, a label for that. You know, it was like, well, I was like, name, you know, name the label. And he, uh, named it for a buddy of his who had recently passed. And uh, just a little while ago, Dustin passed away. So Whoa, not no to get super heavy, but yeah, yeah. It, it was a, and it's a thing that, uh, you know, especially in Indianapolis, um, but I think just in the scene, touring musicians who had passed through indie who were playing in this genre, they, they knew Dustin and, you know, it was, it was terrible. Um, but he was one of the more important, like, validating moments where it was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, you know? so Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. It's cool and sucks at the same time. It was,
2: it was really sad and it was, it was still pretty recent, but, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's still feeling it and it just, it is what it is.
1: But man, talk about it. Like you said, validating moment and, and not only that, really, uh, Giving you a real opportunity at, at putting your name out there, putting your stamp of, you know, this is my stuff. And and, and otherwise, who knows? Is that it would have probably been released for free on, some, you know, without yeah. uh, any type of physical, nothing, vinyl, nothing. Yeah. And it's a, that makes a difference.
2: And above that, he, uh, our, I think our next show there, uh, was another just like one off drunken, we we played one show there where we just got wasted and we sucked and it was I was like oh man I felt bad and he was like Ah, eh, it alright we had a good time there wasn't a big crowd but the next time we came up he put us as the uh, opener for uh, Mike and the Moon Pies which those guys are amazing and he knew they would sell out uh, multiple nights which they did so he let us open one night and we had a great show it was Super awesome. We were in front of our crowd, you know, and you got to have those people who are out there like this. I know the crowd that this needs to be in front of. And I have the, yeah, I can pull the levers to put you on that show. You got to have that. And then that's how you like, you know, build, build your audience and stuff. And then the, we did a, we did a release show up there and sold that out. Which oh really? We were the band that sold it out, and it was only because Dustin was m- yelling at his friends like, "Buy a ticket to this show! It's going to be awesome! I'm making you buy a ticket!" Like that kind of stuff.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I hear that, but that's uh, like you said, seats 250 comfortably. Yeah, he, he, he's got. Yeah, a lot of-
2: and it was it was within a few months we we played it with nobody, and then we filled it up. It was that's awesome. amazing.
0: That's amazing.
2: But Dustin was the guy that made that happen.
0: That's so. awesome. Let's talk about go to hell. Let's let's oh, move. This is a Okay. <laughs> Set that song up for us. Tell us a little about that.
2: Um I I don't know. I I really a lot of the songs on the first record are like uh, you know, fuck you, I do what I want is the the theme. The theme, and no that's, doubt. That's one of those. Now and, and let's have a good time while while we're doing it. Yeah, that. exactly. It's it's <laughs> I feel like it's a good time song, you know. Uh now we we play that song at every show, and I introduce the band. And recently, we've been doing this thing. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't give it away. Come to the live show to there see it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give it away. We do this thing where I introduce the band, and instead of the person soloing, we go into a different Black Sabbath song for everybody. Just just oh. because. Just why not? And uh, oh, it really... I, I think some people... It's just like, what are they doing? Now? Great and sure. then other people are cracking up, and that's my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be crying. I'd be like, this
2: is awesome. <laughs> Some people are. This is yeah. awesome. It it gets such a mixed reaction in the crowd, but we yeah we play, we still play this song at every was every show. Your idea. Yeah, we. Uh, I think it was just a drunken band practice idea. And one day, I'm going to switch it up to, like I said, ACDC taught me how to play guitar. I want to oh, yeah. do a different band. like, uh, And we just break into a different song for four bars and then come right oh, back yeah. to uh, so What
0: would be your ACDC song?
2: Oh, man. my Well, I would I would probably do Thunderstruck because when I was like 15 and I learned that lick, I was like, that's it. That, I'm
0: the best I'm, guitarist. I'm an <laughs> accomplished guitarist. And
2: it's it's if you play guitar, it's really not that hard. But it <laughs> if you don't play guitar, it's like holy shit, you know. So <laughs> that would be mine.
1: Oh, perfect.
0: Yeah. All right, let's hear it go to hell. Right. You got him man. Just a good time, fun drinking song, there. Yeah, well,
1: drinking and smoking. You gotta get to the end, man. <laughs> yeah, once you get to verse three, it's, it's like it's
2: better. We'll get high, too. Yeah, it's time to step out back. Let's <laughs> go. Verse three. <laughs> <laughs> that third verse, there's that line. It's like, uh, you know, I can tell you a story that goes on forever and never even make it to the point. And then I, <laughs> oh, shit, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. Uh, then again, we just smoked a joint. Yeah. I still tell I tell that joke in every show, <laughs> and it's always funny to me. I don't know if the band is sick of it, but I feel like to a new crowd, it's like ah, uh, I see what you did there.
1: I thought it was clever as hell. It's like ah, oh, right, perfect.
2: The country music that I really love, like I feel like the a lot of the stuff that's coming out right now is uh, it's. Great. There's so many amazing country artists right now, but a lot of it's really heavy and serious and like, you know, deep voice uh bearded dudes. And it's like I I love those guys. They're my buddies. But I feel like the country music that I love has this little tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, you're telling a little joke. Uh-huh. You're you're kind of joking with me a little bit. Like there's there's some heavy moments, but it's also, I just want to be kind of fun and light and funny sometimes.
1: Yeah. Which is, per, you know, it's a great mix, man, because a lot of, uh, like you said, everything gets so heavy and everything these days is heavy. So it is nice to hear something and go, that is fun. Yeah. You know, over that, that's what I, overall, the record has this fun vibe oh, yeah.
4: to
0: it. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready to see a show. Oh, my gosh. We try to have a lot of fun at the show. Oh, I bet. Are you, that, book, are you booking a lot of shows right now? Well, uh, our next
2: thing, this will come out pretty soon, right? I should I should plug our next thing. Yeah, It's uh, July 17th. We're playing uh, at Headliners, um, oh. and we're actually opening the show. A buddy of ours uh, is in a band called Prayer Line, and it's... It's kind of like a a punk band meets a horror movie from the eighties. <laughs> I know, so. and it's, we need it's to get our awesome. tickets. It's really great. I have, but heard it's of nothing like what we
0: do. So that's going to be like interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting show.
2: And then the the second band is a band, uh, another Louisville band called Stagecoach Inferno, which okay. is a metal band, but like if. If a western was scored by a metal band, kind of <laughs> like they, it's like western themes. So we figured, like this kind of works. You're doing a hell of a doesn't. job selling this show. Yeah, it's it's going to be really fun, <laughs> nah, and it's fun. at headliners, and uh, you know we are certain we're not going to sell out headliners because uh, it's a pretty big room. But you know we are also certain that we could. We could have a decent amount of people in there and have
1: know, a really man. good party. It, it sounds like a good time, number one. Number two, everybody wants to go do stuff. I'm telling that's you, it's ju- yeah. July 17th. Yeah. It may be, uh, it may 17th. be, uh, maybe a sold out gig. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, it could, it would happen.
2: All our buddies can come and, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. But, uh,
0: yeah, I'm yeah, looking that, forward to it now.
2: Uh, that's the only thing we have booked yeah. locally right now. We're trying to, ease back in and do one a month if we can in in town. And then, you know, hopefully soon start humping it and trying to get back on the road, which is super, super fun. (laughs) I mean, it is fun. Every All the dudes in our band, we have a great time when we go on the road. Uh, It's just hard to book shows. And right now it's weird still with COVID to try to book shows. You don't know who's open or...
1: What the rules are for each what the state. Rules are for day, yeah. yeah.
2: all that. So yeah, I don't know. We're we're trying to get back at it.
1: So July 17th, man. We July go, 17th, man? yeah. yeah uh, I, yes. I, I
2: hope I'm, everyone will, will come to that show because there will be space and uh I mean even if you're still nervous vaccinated, about getting around man. people, but if you're vaccinated I'm, vaccinated. Yeah, I'm hugging on. everybody, vaccinated. Say, dude. I'm hugging I'm,
1: I'm hugging people.
2: I'm I'm sharing Fucking liquor bottles again, like the Lord (laughs) intended. Yeah, we're, I don't know. I, I, uh, I feel grateful that there is a vaccine. And now that I have it, I'm like, I feel safe again. Let's use this
1: vaccine. Let's use it. Yeah. 10 feet tall and bulletproof.
0: Absolutely. Let's Let's go. go. Let's get back. Tyler, are you a Willie Nelson fan? Who? (laughs) Uh, I, yes, I am
2: a Willie Nelson fan. I have a, like a story, childhood music story. This is one of my f- very first memories of, period, is uh, when I was, when I was little. So my my mom, uh, I'm digressing here, I'll get to it. But my my mom was uh, also like a country singer. She sang around town. She moved to like, I think Arizona with uh, her father first husband, they had a band and she was, you know, like out there singing. She's still a great singer. She's not playing live unless I make her get up on stage, which the crowd always loves it. Uh, The crowd loves it. I'm gonna bring up mama mama. for a song. (laughs) But it is always great. My mom's a great singer and uh, my grandpa was uh, he played country music too and he, uh, you know, just like around the house Drunk, pull out the guitar, kids are dancing around him and all that shit. And I remember when I was really young, I always used to, he would play uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, and oh, okay. I would cry when he played it. Oh, really? It's like one of those things that your, you know, your parents tell you, oh, you used to cry when he played that song. But I, I, I remember. I know exactly it. what you're talking about. Yeah, uh-huh. and it, it made me sad. It was a sad song, and he would play it for me just to make me cry. <laughs> you know, like, oh, watch, watch this. You know, you hear that, mom and dad? You all weren't the only ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just a thing people do, I guess. But uh, so did he inspire the braids? I guess, I guess, kind of. Uh, I think what happened one day, I braided my hair like this, just goofing off. And I was like, damn, that's comfortable. Cause my hair was pretty long at the time. I, I used to just wear like a headband to keep it out of my face. And I, I put my hair in braids. I was like, God damn it. This is this is so comfortable. And then I was like, well, now I'm, I know why Willie Nelson now doesn't. Yeah, makes sense. So it's kind of like that. But it's also, I man, I fucking love Willie Nelson. So if anyone's like, oh, he looks like Willie Nelson. I'm like, I'll take it. Whatever. Appreciate if it. If it'll make you remember me and associate well, man, me you know with that. Willie Nelson in any way, fucking, yeah, you yeah. Just do that with your brain. Do you have I'll any, take it. Do you
1: have any daughters? No. Dude.
2: No, I don't, but I do have a, a, a long-time girlfriend whose hair uh, I often braid because oh. I think I have become you, you the can better yeah, I was going to say, you're <laughs> yeah. definitely better, right? Those are tight, dude. I'm a pro, man. tight braids. I, I just slap these things in five minutes, and I'm ready to go. Money. And now it's like I do it so quick, it's almost like laziness, which it's oh. like, oh, that's not lazy. Look, look at how, it's like, no, I do Easy that without peasy. looking now, you know? Yeah, pop them in.
4: So
0: (laughs) let's listen to another song, and then when we get done with this song, we'll let you uh, tell everybody where they can find your music, find you on the socials, and things like that. But let's let's uh, let's listen to January. All right, tell us about that. So January was
2: this. This is one of the few songs, maybe the only song on this record that I sat around and I was like, I'm going to try to write a song. You know, like, instead of like, oh, something came to me, I'm going to sit down and work on it. This was like, I'm going to try to write a song. And uh, the the idea was just to, I don't know, like a simple metaphor, and that's exactly what this song is. It's uh, January is, I'm obviously referencing the months, but it's about a woman who is uh, very cold, you know, ah, all so. of that
1: fits perfect. So, when you sat down with intention to write this, did it come out pretty easy?
2: This one, this one took me a minute to uh, to dig it out, but I think what I worked with more was the progression. I wanted this song. This song is heavily inspired by uh, Dwight Yoakam. If if uh, Dwight, if you're listening, uh, please don't sue me because. But it's also this is like a I wanted to write a a song that was kind of Bakersfieldy mm-hmm. and uh, it's really upbeat, but the lyrics aren't kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of what came out. It's it's just like a Bakersfield type shuffle, and the the progression was where I spent the most time in the melody because it was like January is cold, so it's like uh, I met you on New Year's Eve. You know, like oh, it's January now. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing kind of came out easy, but the the melody and progression took me a minute. All okay. right,
0: January. Let's listen. Let you-
2: It's like that basic parallel of like, uh it's new year, new me. It's like, nah, nah same dude. old shit. <laughs> but it's through the, I don't know, the lens of a, a relationship, I guess. Mm. You
1: mentioned Dwight Yoakam before, of course, and you definitely hear the the similarities of the Baker, Bakersfield sound. But the one thing that when I was listening through was how many different, sounds, not only just kind of sounds, but uh, people you reminded me of, because it's not only Dwight Yoakam, but um, of course, George Jones, you, you've you got that, you've got so many different, even a little bit of Willie actually, uh, but tone wise, you have the ability to just change your tone enough to where you almost sound like different people sometimes. If that, is that weird to say? Because I listened to one, I was like, man, that sounds just like this. And I listened to another one, I was like, man, that sounds just like this.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that that, uh, partially is intentional because, you know, I, I feel like I wear my influences on my sleeve, especially with country music, you know, like (laughs) there's a song that I wrote that's going on the next record called nothing new. And the whole point is it's country music. It's the same old stuff. And, uh, you know, we all just find different, slightly different ways to do it. But, uh, I I think a part of it is that where I'm like, here's all the stuff I love and I don't want to have to sound like just one part of that or even blend it together. I like like a band that's just going to play like a really slow ballad and then like this type of shuffle and then like maybe this song that, uh you know, like, oh shit, that one's serious. All you know, like all that stuff.
1: So do you, uh, you talked about playing in cover bands earlier and kind of cutting your teeth young. Do you attribute maybe some of that to being in bands where you do cover other people's stuff and you do try to emulate that sound and maybe even vocally try to mimic a little bit of the vocal stylings of each of those different people and then kind of take that into your own thing when you do write like that?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think a lot of people do that, especially early on. Like like I said, this was my very first recorded anything in the studio or anything like that, so I feel like I was definitely still finding my voice and heavily channeling all the people that I love and my heroes, and I think a lot of people do that, uh, you know, even the the greats. It's like when you listen to early... Merle Haggard, like Merle Haggard, did, and I'm—I don't want to compare myself to Merle, Hag- <laughs> <laughs> but Merle Haggard did a bit for a long time in his in his set in his show where he would just impersonate people, like straight up impersonate people. If you're listening to the Cocaine and Rhinestones podcast right now, you hear George Jones early stuff where he was just struggling to find his own sound and sounding like. Hank Williams, where like the people who are making the records are like, stop sounding like Hank, find oh, your voice. Yeah. I think everyone does that a little bit, especially early on. But I also I don't know, I, I kinda like doing that. I think it's fun in one record to uh make the make the listener go like, Is this the same guy? Yeah. Did that switch over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fun to do.
1: Like uh Yeah, man. Honestly, in a weird way, these days, especially with the, you know, TikTok Nation, everything is in these. If you listen to a record that is the same tone and the same everything, it maybe can get bland. And I think with listening, your entire album listening through with that kind of different vibes, because it's all very old school country to me. Mm -hmm. You have... um, Maybe not so much like go to hell. The beginning of it is, is almost like AC, it's a rock, and then it brings you into that uh, country shuffle. But it does kind of give you audibly these kind of uh, zigs and zags to, to keep you attracted to what's going on. But it, it, the through line is everything is just this, it's just old country. It's just country, man. Yeah. With, with great writing, uh, phenomenal hooks, absolutely well played and produced. I don't know if you produced it or if you had help producing, but everything sits where it needs to sit. Everything comes in when it needs to come in. It's just, man, awesome.
2: And, well, that was what I was going for, so that makes me really happy when you're like, this is what (laughs) it sounded like to me. I was like, that's what I hoped it sounded like. (laughs) I hoped it sounded like, hey, here's a country record, period.
4: Yeah. You know, like, uh,
2: it doesn't... I didn't want it to sound like, hey, here's a Bakersfield inspired. If someone was going to review it, I would want them to have to prove to me like, okay, you know this sound of country and that sound of country and this sound because all of that is what I love. I want to do all of those things and not just one. And maybe it's a, you know, maybe I'm not uh, just giving like a singular voice That, oh, it's uh, as soon as you hear it. Yeah, Yeah, what's what's your sound? It's like, ah, fuck At at this
1: end, like, are you happy doing what you're doing? (laughs) And shit didn't do it.
2: (laughs) It, I'm making sounds that I like. And uh, some people might be like, oh, I love that song. The other stuff is not my, and that's cool. Yeah. You know, come in for what you like and leave for what you don't. I think that's fine. So before
1: we do all the other good, you know, tag everything at the end. Moving into the second record that you're currently in the process of, what does that feel like compared to the first? Do you feel like you're kind of, are you still going for that main thing? Like through line, this is just country record or or, are you trying to, is there a finding my voice type of deal or is it still, I'm just, I'm just writing and I'm playing what I love and, and I'm making a country record.
2: It's it's really hard to say. Like I think uh you'd be a better judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> a I a guess listener so. would be a yeah. better judge of that than me, because like you said, when I listen to these songs, I'm really close to them and it's the what I'm hearing is different than what you hear. And it's the same with this new record, but with the new record, I'm paying a little more attention to the way that I want the songs to sound. And it's also with like this record is being made with my band. We have we have Todd Hildreth coming in for keys a little bit, but everyone else we we've played a lot of shows together mm-hmm. and stuff, so I think this record is going to sound a lot tighter as a as a unit and I think we we will have without really knowing slipped into a little bit more of the oh this is the TLWG sound. Yeah. Which the first record was probably a little more disjointed in that way and this one will have like We got a ballad or two. I got a song that's just an acoustic guitar, me. Um, But most of it's going to be full band, more up-tempo stuff. And I think it is going to sound a little bit more like me. There's a lot more like bluesy influenced, uh, shuffly type stuff. And I I think that that's that uh, ACDC teaching me how to play guitar (laughs) kind of thing coming through a little bit more. There you go. So... But we'll see. It, it'll be uh, up to the listener to, to decide, I guess. Is there so. a target release date? Not yet. We, uh, we only have Dude, a few more them, like, days in the studio. 17 years to
1: release the first one. What
2: are you <laughs> talking know, about? We can't <laughs> wait <laughs> that long. <laughs> we, we won't have to wait that long. Okay, but, okay you know, We it. we only have a few more days in the studio. I've got to do like uh, vocals. We're finishing up like edits. And then hopefully very soon we're on to mixing and then mastering. And, All right having the finished product in front of us and uh, then we'll see. Then that's a whole other challenge.
1: So Yeah. All the stuff you don't control, you know, it's like, oh,
2: okay. Yeah. We'll see if if someone wants to give us some money to put it out. So.
0: All right. That'd be nice. So our listeners that want to become Tyler, Lance, Walker, Gill fans, uh, where can they find you? Well, I'm on all the
2: social medias. Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you want to see me like talking about taking a shit at Kroger. Um, <laughs> it's like my the the kind of thing I like to post about. Did that um, happen to you? Oh, all the time. It's, <laughs> it's like my my second bathroom. Uh, so yeah, just look up Tyler Lance Walker Gill. I think I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter as like uh, at mr tlwg mr tlwg uh i'm on spotify apple music all the all the streamers um i'm now on patreon uh as instead of doing a gofundme or whatever for the record this time we decided i'll just do a patreon and uh try to get a few bucks monthly to go towards studio costs which has been great we've only got a few subscribers but it's Supplemental income. You Everything know. helps. Everything helps. So uh, if you want to request some songs for me from me on Patreon, uh I'll play pretty much anything. It <laughs> doesn't have to be country music. It can be almost anything. Um Thunderstruck. That would be what yeah. I'd have. <laughs> I'll do it. I could do it. I can play that lead part. I'm amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Patreon is where I'm trying to raise money, and other than that, you know, stream the songs and uh, keep an eye out for the new record. We're we're getting really close, and I'm really
0: excited about it.
1: And July 17th headliner, July yeah, 17th headliner, be there.
0: Yeah, yeah I think It's I gonna will be, be a wild show. Yeah, That'd be fun. Yeah, well, man, we really appreciate you spending an hour yeah. with us. Thank you. It's been you. fun. Yeah, it, it's only been an hour. That's yeah. it. Oh. We're let's keep go. hanging out. We got more time. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, we're going to have, we're gonna have fun doing some one shots, <laughs> right, man. Well, yeah, let's.
1: do yeah. that. yeah. We got more drinks to drink.
0: Let's go out with Wolfman. Tell us about oh, that, dude. That's the
2: name of my my band. We uh, we called ourselves the Wolfman without a without and I saw that little e. Wolfman.
0: Wolfman. What's that called? Apostrophe.
2: <laughs> yeah, an apostrophe on the end there. We're yeah. the Wolfman, TLWG, and the Wolfman. Love it. <laughs> Thanks
0: for having me, guys. No doubt. All right, and here we go. We'll go out with Wolfman.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's an awful lot of things been happening that I just can't explain. My mind is... For some proof So believe me When I tell you I believe I found the truth I think I'm